Hey everyone, welcome to the Geek Awakens, where the talk is geekier than thinking about selling a kidney to pay for all your upcoming cons. <laughs> True story. I'm Mitch, and joining me tonight is Matt. Hello. And Tabitha. I only have one kidney, so that's not going to work for me. <laughs> and Lydia. You know, a lung might put you a little bit more on the black market. She's not wrong. Do I need both lungs, though? Not the entirety of Yeah. So what other organs do we... I can cut off, like, part of my liver. It grows you back. You need that. But it grows back. Right. But you still need the Right. No. I am living proof you can live with one kidney, so your kidney is really you right. <laughs> if um, if you like listening to podcasts while being on the black market, um, <laughs> then be sure to subscribe to us pretty much wherever you get your podcasts, including Stitcher, Spotify, or Castbox. Uh, really like what you hear? Then throw us some scratch on Patreon at patreon.com slash the Geek Awakens Podcast. Is throw me some scratch better or worse than step inside the squared circle? Oh, oh God. That's that's a fine line. <laughs> Better-ish? Ish-ish. Uh, if you want to answer that question, or if you have questions of your own, uh, shoot us an email at thegeekawakenspodcast at gmail.com. Uh, tonight on the show, we have new books from Oni Press and Lion Forge. Uh, we meet a new type of Disney princess and talk about previews of Dark Crystal, Little Women, and A Million Little Pieces. Later on, we see what new mischief the zany people at MoviePass are up to. <laughs> They're still around? That's what I <laughs> So, um, we're going to start off today um, just talking, touch real quick. Um, not Seth and I went to the Springfield Comic Expo last weekend. Had a really good time. Didn't stick around all day, but um, we, ha- we hung out for a little bit. Got a few interviews. Um, some of our interviews have already been posted on Facebook and our new YouTube page. Uh, we've still got a couple more in the can. That need to, uh... That's a thing, right? How old are you? <laughs> Didn't we ask this question last week? Oh my god, I get the Dr. Who shirt, but like, what time are you from? <laughs> There's so many questions. <laughs> but, anyway. But, um... Uh, we do have a couple more interviews left to be published. Um, <laughs> Better. So be on the lookout for those. Also, I'm looking to hopefully get a, uh special episode of the podcast up with all the interviews in one handy dandy spot for you to listen for your listening pleasure um speaking of cons next week picket megan not seth and i will be heading to rosemont for the wizard world comic con uh since we're heading up on thursday we won't have a traditional show but we'll be checking in on thursday and we'll have updates from the con all weekend long um that said and this is going to start our first story of the night uh, even though the Geek Awakens will be at Wizard World, there is one person who won't be, and that is Jason Momoa. If you haven't been paying attention, he's uh, basically uh, been in Hawaii. He's been protesting. There's a um, it's a 1.4 billion dollar project. It's called 30 Meter Telescope that they're wanting to build on. And I apologize if I uh, mispronounce this, but they're wanting to build it on a uh, Mauna Kea, which is like the the tallest. It's a non-active volcano in Hawaii, but it's also, um, it's said to be the height of uh, Native Hawaiians' ancestral ties to creation. So this is a very Mm. sacred spot for Hawaiians. And they're like, "Uh, we don't want this here because, hi, this is important to us. Mm -hmm. So Yeah, he's got Momoa important, important things to do. I, I, you know, I, and I'm not saying that you should, but I feel like if I had said that, 
that bell would be ringing right, right. i'm yeah. just stunned how long it took you from the time he said momoa to get to there oh i was just waiting for my opening i know yeah. <laughs> i'm not even mad at the planning <laughs> he has jason has also um said that he's going he's not even starting production on Aquaman 2 while all this is going on. But production on Aquaman 2 wasn't supposed to start until 2020 anyway, so there's not a whole lot of um, concern on Warner Brothers' part because of this. It'll probably still happen on time. Also, um, Momo is not alone. I mean, there have been tons of other protesters, but fellow Justice League star Ezra Miller has also joined him in the protests. So. Excellent. Um, you know, I think it's cool. Um, I mean... Even if I don't, and, and I mean, obviously with, with this, I'm like, I'm definitely on the Hawaiian side. But even if like I didn't personally agree with, you know, why Momoa was protesting or whatever, like at least he's not like, oh, I just don't feel like going now. Like yeah. he's got a legitimate reason yeah. for not going. So like, I, I got to respect that. Yep. All right. So we got a couple of press releases. One was from Lion Forge. If you go to see the Angry Birds movie 2, um, which this would be the only reason why I would go to see the Angry Birds movie 2, um, attached to that is a short film. It's called Hair Love. It's produced by Lion Forge Animation. Oh, nice. Um, teaming with um, teaming with Sony, um, Sony Pictures, Columbia Pictures, and uh, Rovio Animation. But uh, it is the it's a short film about an African American father learning to do his father's ha- or his daughter's hair for the first time, not his father's hair. For the first time. <laughs> Although that would be awesome too. That would be <laughs> a completely different movie. Though. <laughs> um, but yeah, learning to do his daughter's hair for the first time. Um, it was um, it's directed by Matthew A. Cherry, Everett Downing Jr., and Bruce W. Smith. Um, <clears throat> It's a collaboration with Sony Pictures. It was launched as a Kickstarter campaign in 2017. It had a fundraising goal of $75,000. It amassed nearly $300,000, and it's the most highly funded short film campaign in Kickstarter history. Awesome. Yeah. That's awesome. So, um, Hair Love also does uh, feature the voice of Issa Rae. Uh, You might know her from uh, Insecure, Mm -hmm. and um, she was also in... A movie over the summer, like where her boss turns into a kid or something like that. Mm. I can't remember the name yeah. of it. Okay. But anyway, um, but she is the young girl's mother. So, uh, like I said, be uh, get to Angry Birds movie two early to check that out, or get to Angry Birds movie two early to check that out and then leave. leave. <laughs> that's probably what I would do. Have you seen Angry Birds movie one? No. Have you? No. Okay. <laughs> I know Blake Shelton's in it. That's about Just all I know. Just to be real with you, I didn't know there was an Angry Birds movie franchise, so I learned something today. Hey. Thanks, Mitch. The You're more welcome. you know. <laughs> <laughs> we did also get a press release from Vault. Um, they are, they have announced Black Stars Above. It's a comic book series that's part of uh, Vault's um, autumnal horror imprint, Nightfall. Um, I'm just really glad that they used the word autumnal in that press release. I love that word. It's a great word. <laughs> Which we had talked about Nightfall uh, a few months back. But it's being billed as part The Revenant and part uh, At the Mountains of Madness. It's a historical cosmic ta- uh, horror tale um, of survival from the uh, from writer Lonnie Nadler, uh, artist Jenna Cha, and colorist Brad Simpson, and letterer uh, Hassan Atzmain uh, Lahau. Lahau. So yeah, so it's basically it's about 
it takes place in 1887. Uh, young fur trapper flees her overbearing family only to get lost in a dreamlike winter wilderness that har- harbors a cosmic threat. Mm. I know we yeah. talked about this, but this looks cool. Yeah, it really does, especially since it's in the wintertime. Really looking forward to this. Oh my god. I'm sorry. It's okay. No, you're not. I'm not. You're a liar. But it's all right. <laughs> so yeah, so like I said, uh, Nightfall, look for that uh, later on this fall. So um, I did also, this is the last little bit of comic news before we get into some previews. And then I promise you guys will be able to talk about some other stuff too. Oh, uh, did you remember we were here? It's a one-man show. This is the mid show. This is the mid show. You know, <laughs> whatever. It's fine. It's fine. Anyway, um, so there is a Kickstarter. It's uh, for the Heck Treasury. It's an oversized deluxe collection of sci-fi, fantasy, and genre uh, short stories. It's going to be presented in a large prestige format uh, hardcover, and it's going to have full-color art, trifold, like a trifold narrative poster, things like that. Mm. The reason why I'm bringing this up is because this is actually, these guys are based out of St. Louis. Nice. And um, in addition to this... Uh, Kickstarter campaign. They are uh, last year they bought a vintage Route 66 garage from like the early 1950s. Okay. Uh, that they are working on converting to the first full time indie comic book studio in St. Louis. Oh, cool. yeah. Um, the the main goal or like the the one of the the you know final goals or whatever for it is to have a shared creative space for visiting writers and artists <gasps> among like other things. That part in itself is awesome. Yes. This treasury, it's got... It features stories from each of the three people who are behind, you know, this company. Matt Kent is writing The Great Mech Wars. It's three interconnecting 10-page chapters. Um, It features... It's featuring an old, sad war mech operated by a veteran on a firewatch duty, uh, which connects to a murderous psycho, two bounty hunters, and a family on the run. Hmm. Okie dokie, then. Yeah. Um, Marie Inger is uh, writing about dystopian uh, themed, as dystopian themes of bleak, fantastical, ruined worlds of and great despair. And then uh, Brian Hurt has a fe- his stories are about a future shaped by the excesses of genetic manipulation and mad science. <laughs> I like how that gets in shame, but the pun earlier because that was right. the worst thing I've ever heard. <laughs> means we're gonna have to try harder <laughs> can we not <laughs> eh, well, yeah, you might. so you don't have to worry about this maybe not getting backed um they've got 26 days to go on this kickstarter their goal is twenty thousand dollars they've already hit twenty five thousand four hundred and seventy as of nice. this recording so but hey if you still want to back this and still get the perks of it you still got a ways to go so, all right, guys. So we got a chance to read a few things. Now, these um, don't come out until later this month. So without um, being too spoilery, uh, the first one is from Oni Press. It's uh, Super Fun Sexy Times. It's by uh, Meredith McLaren. Full disclosure on this one, this is not for kids. <laughs> no. No, your message about this being the putting the graphic in graphic novel was uh, definitely the case. Yeah. Yeah. Um, this is, it's an anthology series. It's got five different, five different stories. Basically it's, you know, it's the, it features superheroes and supervillains at their 
most vulnerable, I guess we'll, we'll, we'll put it that way. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I enjoyed this. Um, I thought that it's cool because, like, you know, we do get to see superheroes, like, in their personal lives from time to time. Mm-hmm. But y- you rarely get to see this. You know, you, you rarely do. And there are some stories that do feature these characters very vulnerable, mm-hmm. um, which I thought that that was, that was cool. There was a scene with a cat that I laughed out loud over. (laughs) (laughs) I'm scared. (laughs) You should be. Mm -hmm. So um, Matt and Tabitha, I know you guys both got a chance to read it as well. So what did you think? I was kind of prepared. Um, I know a couple of friends who had also gotten um, review copies of this. So I was prepared for how graphic it was going to be. Sorry, guys. I guess I should have given you a heads up. You were just like, oh, hey. But uh, surprise. Surprise. but I really enjoyed this. I liked the like the layout of it. Every other or like every little chapter was about a different superhero, whether it was at their home or on a mission. But it was something about them and their, for lack of a better term, just their sexuality. Like I thought that was incredible. And you don't see anything like that really floating around in the comic book world where it's so inclusive. And I, I really enjoyed this. Yeah. Going back to the layout for just a second, mm-hmm. though, and then yeah. I'm going to get your opinion. Um, the Probably the one major, I guess, complaint that I'm going to have with this, I thought it was really cool that they had, they had like, a one-page, like, description of each mm-hmm. of the characters, yep. but it was after the story. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I would have really appreciated that, would have appreciated that more if I got that before the story. That way I had a better understanding of who these characters were. But that's just me. Yeah. See, I like the fact that that came after because then I wasn't distracted by like what their power should be or like if they had a which not necessarily that they did or you know have a group affiliation that we would know. Um, but those were things that you weren't essentially distracted by when you read the story. You were focused on the characters and their interaction and you know how they got along with each other. So I, for me, I think that that worked better actually being at the end of each one. Okay, that's fair. Um, overall, what did you think? I liked it. Um, I the art. I really liked the art style. Um, it wasn't too. Um, I don't know. It was one of those things. You, this this the topic could have gone very. I don't know. Stark as far as art, or could have gone very detailed. Um, it was kind of somewhere in the middle, which I think played well. For what it was going with, um, but I liked I liked the diversity um, of the types of stories and the characters that were involved. I really enjoyed that. Yeah, and that was and that was the cool thing about it too. Yeah, I mean it, it was very diverse, mm-hmm. very inclusive. Um, you know, all different you know body types, body shapes. Mm-hmm. Yep. Not even all necessarily humanoid. You right. know. Um, but yeah, but yeah. So, um, super fun, sexy times. It comes out comic shops and bookstores on August twenty first. Uh, also coming out on August twenty first is Debian Pearl Digital Detective, uh, the Memory Thief. It's from Lion Forge. This is I really like this one, and this one is this one is for all ages. So, um, <laughs> but uh, basically, this centers on this technomancer named uh, Debian who is trying to figure out what happened to this robot's memory. Um, it's really cool because this book teaches you about coding. It teaches you about how computers work and mm. things like that, which somebody who, like me who like, like, does it turn on? 
Can I get through Facebook? Like, if you can do those two things, like, I'm okay. Um, but, uh, but yeah, so for somebody like me, it, it, it's cool to kind of see that. Mm. Um, Matt, I know you read it, and Lydia, you got a chance to read it as well. So, I did. Um, Lydia, let's start with you. What did you think about it? I liked it overall. Um, the art was a little hard to follow sometimes because it's so colorful. It's sometimes things get lost for me. But overall, it's really cute. And I do like the coding part. But I feel like there was times they kind of drug on with it too long. It kind of lost interest for me right in the middle because it just went on with the coding part for so long that I stopped paying attention to what it was saying. Hmm. Yeah, I, yeah, I can see that. But I think that's kind of like coding in general, though, right? It's true. <laughs> Absolutely. Because like, like you said, it's good for people that don't know coding at all. I know like a little bit of HTML, so I kind of understood some of what was being said already. But it was really cool to kind of break it down and say, okay, if you want to do this, this is how this goes. And Raybot is just adorable. And I love that he talks in emojis. So Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Raybot is my spirit animal. Yes. Uh, Matt, what did you think? I definitely appreciated that breakdown of the, the coding aspect because that is something that is super popular right now with kids. I mean, there's robots that you can buy and you can teach the robot through an app you know, to you can program through the app and the, the robot will do different, like simple gestures and things like that. Um, so it hits on that, which is very popular right now with kids, which I think is awesome. Um, my biggest thing with this was that I loved all of the little Easter eggs that were in this. Mm -hmm. And there were a few in particular that I caught. One of my favorites was the, uh, the arcade where they meet Raybot is Flynn's which is straight out of Tron, which there's a few of those scattered throughout. And I, 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 I actually bookmarked those pages because I thought that was really awesome how they paid um, homage to some of those things, you know, technologically that, you know, did that. Um, but I do kind of have to agree with, uh, with Lydia that some of that coding, as I understood, I understood the point of it, it did kind of drag some. Yeah. Um, and the art was a little, I mean, I really enjoyed it. I think it fit. But it did get a little busy at times. Yeah. And I, I think for me, it got busy, busiest, like, just kind of at the beginning. Mm -hmm. Like, once I kind of understood what was going on, then I was like, okay, I, I'm prepared now. I'm ready for it. But, yeah. But, yeah, so Debbie and Pearl Digital Detective, it comes out in comic shops August 21st and will hit bookstores September 3rd. Uh, last thing that I want to uh, talk about tonight is Stay. It's also from Lion Forge. This one will be in comic shops on August 27th. This is the story of engaged couple and the um the the guy dies like they, they go on vacation the guy dies fairly early on and the woman decides to stay mm -hmm. i thought this was an interesting story <laughs> i thought it, it went in a direction that i didn't think that it was gonna go in mm -hmm. um and it's and it's kind of one of those things like i'm not for sure if this was just the character's like grieving process or you know or what have you i still enjoyed it it's you know it was you know it was a, it was a fairly quick read um a lot of you know a lot of scenery you yeah know? um but yeah but matt let's start with you on this one what did you think about i it? mean i enjoyed the art style um i thought it was nice and it fit the vacation type of atmosphere um that was going on uh you know focused on some of the more uh touristy types of things you know in the scenery um but I, I for me i felt like i kind of missed 
I guess what this was maybe going for some, um, because I, and this just might be my, you know, my personal take on it, but I don't understand having that kind of tragedy and then like staying to do the vacation. I mean, I get that you, you know, you paid for it, you did this and that maybe this person would want you to enjoy that. And maybe, yeah, it is part of the grieving process. But for me, that just didn't seem, I don't know. I, I kind of lost me at that point. Okay. So. Tabitha, what did you think? Keep in mind, this is translated from the French. This is a French graphic novel. This is not the way an American graphic novel of this kind would be written. There True. would be a grieving process. There would be more focus on the trauma. There would be more focus on the way she was feeling in a negative way. Yeah. We're Americans. It's what we do. <laughs> but Death and destruction. Very, right. It's very French. Like, <laughs> I, I almost wish we had gotten a copy of this that wasn't translated um, because there were scenes that I was reading that I could see that there was something completely lost in the translation of what was actually happening versus the way that it was being spoken about. Mm. Um, I hated this art style with the passion of 10,000 burning suns, but I loved the story. So it kind of like left me in a weird spot because I literally got to page two and let out an expletive and didn't know if I was going to mm. continue reading it. And um, it was just from the traumatic event that does happen at the beginning of the of the story. Um, but I I really liked the way she interacted with the other people that were around her, and I don't think it was so much her grieving process, just as her general reaction to this awful event like i don't think she was grieving i think she's in shock and what do you do when you're in shock you shut down like this was her being completely shut down out of her comfort zone mm-hmm. that's all it was yeah and and you're absolutely right and that's kind of like that that's what i was looking for when i said grieving process i knew that that wasn't right but i couldn't think of the right word <laughs> it's very rare that i think of the right words to say uh, <laughs> so i just i just let 90s references take the <laughs> and that's how you get in trouble. Ding, 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 ding. <laughs> that was not a shame bill, by the way. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, so stay. Like I said, comes out on August twenty seventh. Um, let's go ahead and talk about some gut reaction. And Matt, we're going to start with you and Little Women. Uh, so we got a new Little Women trailer. Um, you know, I am not going to lie. I've never read the book. I have not seen the original movie. Um, I know they fall off your chairs. Um, but well, we're uh, talking about Lilo and Stitch. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't even here for that, and I get that reference. <laughs> Why am I friends with you again? We ask ourselves that every day, Lydia. <laughs> Not even every week; it's every day, even if you don't see or hear from me. <laughs> Why are we friends with Mitch? <laughs> Just a random thought. I have at breakfast every day. <laughs> so, as you were saying that, <laughs> um, the trailer looks really interesting. Um, uh, I, I'm, I'm not the right person to give a description on this um, because, like I said, I haven't read it. So story-wise, I'm not super familiar. Um, but it looks like it's going to be interesting, but I'm going to go thumb sideways. Yeah, um, yeah I'm kind of in the same boat that you are. I'm going give to give it a thumb sideways. I don't think I don't think this movie is for me, personally. Um, I can almost like guarantee it's not going to be something that I see in the theaters. Uh, but, but then that said, I mean, I don't think that there's anything wrong with it. It's not like it was like you know, Transformers or, like, Little Women directed by Michael Bay. I mean, it's not, like, it's not, that's not why it's not for me. I just, like, I don't know, just, just, meh. Um, But, yeah, I mean, I thought it was a fine trailer. I'm sure it'll be a fine movie, but, yeah, Lydia. 
Hey, I'm going to break your tr- the trend. I'm going to go thumbs up because, granted, I haven't read the book all the way through. <laughs> I've read bits and pieces, so I know enough about the story to get me by. But there were several parts of the trailer that I just really loved, so I wanted to see it in its entirety. Tabitha. I was super nervous when they announced that this was going to be a thing. I have read Little Women enough times for everybody at this table. Times <laughs> four. I used to read it every year at Christmas. It was my Christmas book. Um, the original movie with Winona Ryder, it, it will forever hold number one in my heart, but I am very excited to see this movie in its entirety. Um, the chemistry between the characters in this trailer was incredible mm-hmm. and it was not what i was predicting it to be so for costuming alone i'm gonna go watch it in the theater <laughs> <laughs> oh sorry thumbs up <laughs> got distracted by the costuming story of my life <laughs> you and my mom would get along <laughs> um matt let's stick with you and talk about dark crystal uh so we've heard a lot about this kind of just the fact that it's coming that you know kind of how they're working it with netflix um but uh to finally get a full trailer for this uh, was kind of, I don't know, maybe a surprise. Um, it kind of looks like it picks up where the movie ends. Mm-hmm. Um, and you get, style-wise, it looks absolutely phenomenal. Like it's going, It looks like it's going to be a fantastic mix of CGI and old-school puppet mastery. Um, I grew up loving the dark crystal and watching this so i am super excited now especially having seen this trailer to see how this story carries on so thumbs up um i never saw the original and i uh, are you surprised a little um, <laughs> I mean, even i've seen it exactly <laughs> but, uh, but yeah i never saw the original but i don't know like i feel like the um the yeah the puppetry and the cgi like it was almost too clean for me um i kind of was expecting it to look more like the original you know like what i have seen and what i am familiar with it um so that kind of took me out of it so i mean i I guess it's not really fair to the trailer itself i'm gonna give it a thumbs sideways just because it's like i i wasn't as invested because i was like i don't know how i feel about this but yeah see i disagree because i think that the puppet aspect of it all the puppets look exactly like the original movie, just in high-definition camera. Fair. Everything else about this trailer it was so beautiful. Mm. And I cannot wait to see this. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm glad that it's only like two weeks away. Right. So thumbs up for me. Tabitha. Um, I'm going thumb sideways. Um, Dark Crystal was never one of my like favorite movies. It's something I could watch, but when I was very, very small, first time I saw it, I don't like puppets, as we all know, scared the crap out of me. So we're in this one, since they look a little less like puppets, I'm a little bit more excited. <laughs> so thumb sideways. Uh, last trailer that, uh, that we're going to discuss is A Million Little Pieces. Um, yes, it is based off of the, um, and I loved how the trailer kept calling it the controversial New York Times bestseller because <laughs> yeah, controversial is a uh, understatement here. Um, I was willing to give this a thumbs down just because like I remember when the whole James Frey, hey, I mm-hmm. kind of made this up, you know, came out. But then you know, like watching the trailer, I was kind of thinking, well, I mean, for a movie that's based on a work of fiction, the trailer doesn't look that bad. <laughs> um, <laughs> Again, I'm not sure that I'm going to see it, but I was like, you know what? Like, I could see this being like an inspirational, you know, like tearjerker or whatever. Um, so, yeah, so I'll give it a thumb sideways. Lydia. I know absolutely nothing about this. The original 
the thing it's based off of or this. So I didn't watch the trailer, nothing. So I'm just going to go thumb sideways and call it a day. <laughs> <laughs> I refuse to watch this on principle. I have no thumb. <laughs> <laughs> Is that a first? Refraining. I'm refraining. Huh. I refuse. You're, abstaining. You're voting, you're voting present. Correct. Completing <laughs> <laughs> the fifth. <laughs> Matt. Um, I'm going to go thumb sideways on this just for the fact that the shenanigans that this uh was about when it first came out and in oprah's book club oh god don't talk about it um i don't know it's a work of fiction it's a movie we'll go thumb sideways also like granted yeah this movie first premiered at the toronto film festival in 2018 so i mean it's still a year ago but still like nearly 20 years after the book was released like why did you wait that long if you're going just to be like oh hey he was ankle deep in lawsuits yeah fair and by ankle i mean like hip like (laughs) (laughs) yeah ankle deep Uh, yeah Mm -hmm. he was waiting through lawsuits for the last 20 years get a million little lawsuits (laughs) (laughs) i'd read that book (laughs) that's the sequel Yes. yes. Yeah, I'd read that. I'd read that one. As long as it was not written by James Ray. Leah, <laughs> um, let's talk about um, a new Disney princess. Yes. So for those that don't uh, go with the whole pretty princess dressy aesthetic thing, we are finally getting a princess to kind of go with that. Uh, we are getting a goth-inspired Disney princess, kind of princess not really a princess um called shelly marie who is being described as kind of a mixture between wednesday adams and lydia deets from beetlejuice um she is different though because she's not going to be in a movie she is being debuted at a for the disney theme parks for their halloween um thing halloween nights or whatever yeah, that 30 <laughs> nights of horror uh, it's no. Disney. Did they had? Did oh, they do and more? Are talking about Mickey's uh, not so scary Halloween party? That sounds right. Ish. Ish. Something like that. Um, <laughs> she will make her official debut uh, during Disneyland's Halloween-inspired water and light show called Villainous. There, there we go. Um, it will begin on September seventeenth. So. If you live in California, go you because I can't afford to go out there. But I love the idea of this because. Not everybody is frills and princessy and stuff like that. So the fact that we have somebody that we can kind of look towards is great to me. So thumbs up. Tabitha. Yeah, thumbs up. Uh, when I saw this article, I immediately shared with Lydia like two weeks ago. I was I like, know. look at this, read it. Um, for all the things that Disney has done making their princesses more diverse, this is one thing they haven't done mm-hmm. is made them less... Girly? Yeah, like <laughs> less like... Social acceptable makeup and you know all that stuff like and not so i don't know like the traditional classic princess yeah like they i mean they might be new and different but at the base of it they're all still the same this is actually new so mm-hmm. good job to see matt yeah definitely thumbs up for expanding the horizons not just of their own but for everybody to see this i'm gonna i'm gonna go thumb sideways on this one only because because and it, it, they may change it. I mean, we may get a movie or TV show or whatever based on this character. But as of right now, I mean, yeah, there is a very small segment of the Disney watching population that is going to experience yeah, this yeah. character. So, Tabitha, let's go to uh, Blind Manor. 
So evidently, um, The Haunting of Bly Manor is going to make me pee my pants because <laughs> Mike Flanagan, the director of The Haunting of Hill House that was on Netflix last year, has said that this is going to be much scarier. Um, this is the second season of the TV show, and this one's going to be uh, based on Henry James's The Turn of the Screw. It takes place at an old country mansion and isn't an adaptation of the story, but we'll be borrowing elements, kind of like they did for season one with Shirley Jackson's mm-hmm. uh, The Haunting of Hill House. I got to the end of this article, actually, and realized that someone I know's husband wrote this article, and they just got married. So, Danny and Wolfman, congratulations on your nuptials that just happened. But, um, thumbs up for the fact that it's going to scare me, but thumbs down because I'm going to not sleep for a week. (laughs) (laughs) Matt, uh, definitely thumbs up for this because season one was creepy and had some scary moments. Um, but if you can turn it up a notch, um, I'm all for that. Um, I'm ready to read uh, The Turn of the Screw, so I have some basis for this uh, coming when it comes out. But uh, yeah, definitely thumbs up on being scarier. Yeah, um, yeah, same. Thumbs up. Um, I never saw the, um, the season one, but... Hey, if you're gonna be like, hey, yeah, we're gonna make it, we're gonna make it worse on you, then cool, Lydia. <laughs> yeah, this is an, this is another one of those th- things on my never-ending list of I need to watch this. But yeah, thumbs up for making things more scary and making me want to watch yet another thing that I have no time to watch. <laughs> <laughs> Tabitha, let's talk about Tom Holland's dad. <laughs> so. Spider-Man's dad is salty. Um, Tom Holland's dad is evidently a comedian, like a somewhat famous comedian in the UK. Uh, Dominic has now written a book, which he actually wrote in 2013. It's just now surfaced because of the internet, um, called Eclipse, discussing how he's been upstaged by his kid. Um, Like I said, this was Ironic that it is. (laughs) This has been discovered by the internet, even though it's been out there for this many years. Um, People at first saw it and they were like, how rude. Oh, my God. Like, can you imagine your dad, like, shaming you? And then people realized that Tom wrote the foreword and he's, like, all about it. And this <laughs> might be the only Spider-Man item that I would allow in my house. So, thumbs sideways. I can't go full thumbs up on anything Spider-Man. I'm sorry. <laughs> Matt. Um, I think this sounds awesome, especially considering that Tom uh, wrote the foreword uh, for this. And that he, his dad is essentially salty that his son has upstaged him. Um, but, you know, as a parent, I think in some ways that's what you always want for your kid. Like, to like, to be bigger and better than you are. Um, so, kudos to his dad for taking the tongue-in-cheek approach to this. Yeah, definitely a thumbs up. Yeah, this, this definitely sounds like it'd be a fun read. Um, Lydia? Thumbs up. That's just hilarious. <laughs> um, Tabitha? We're going to stick with books and go uh, talk about J.D. Salinger. So you did literally all the talking, now you're making me do literally all the talking? Yeah, is that your plan? Okay. Um, no, no answer. <laughs> do some more talking. J.D. <laughs> Salinger's books are finally being released on ebook. Um, the Salinger estate has refused for years to allow his any of his works in his very short collection uh, to be digitized because like most hipsters, and if you would disagree with me that J.D. Salinger wasn't the original hipster, I will fight you. Um, <laughs> he doesn't like anything. So he didn't like the internet. He didn't like like the whole idea of like ebooks and digitized media, whatever. A woman with a right-hand disability that doesn't allow her to hold physical copies of the books actually changed Matt Salinger, which is J.D. Salinger's son's mind. Okay. Um, 
He's realized that even though his father hated the idea of ebooks and most technology, that above all, he would want his books to be accessible to as many readers as possible. Um, we also know that we are getting additional unpublished works over the next 10 years. So I'm, I mean, this is maybe just me being cranky and ch channeling my inner Holden Caulfield, but <laughs> I think it's a play for cash because the Salinger estate has famously now ran out of money. It's been like a thing for years. Mm. And now they're like, oh, here's this, here's these unpublished works. Here's these ebooks. Have a nice day. I don't think they're doing it for the right reasons. So thumbs sideways for the accessibility of the books. Thumbs down for what I'm assuming is the reason. Matt. Yeah. Um, I think anytime you make something like those works, no matter how you feel about Catcher in the Rye, you can't <laughs> stand it. Um, the accessibility is, is a thumbs up. Um, if Tabitha's uh, suppositions are correct for reasons why they're doing this, uh, thumbs down. Yeah. Um, granted, I don't really do much with ebooks anyway, so like I wasn't even aware that his books weren't. Mm. On. He's not the only one like this, but I mean, I'm not surprised, but still, like I just I was not aware. Uh, so. For me, being the blind optimist that I am, um, if he's wanting to, you know, if the estate is wanting to make it more accessible, sure, thumbs up, Lydia. I'm just going to echo what you guys said, thumbs up if it's for for accessibility, but thumbs down if it's just a grab for cash, because, come on guys, there's better reasons. Right. So, last week, um, a bunch of people were making a fuss about Equiox, Soul Cycle, things like that, uh, because of their contributions to the... Uh, president trump campaign um and then army hammer came out and he uh he tweeted out he said hey while everyone seems to be on this whole equiox thing um it might be a good time to mention that one of trump's largest financial contributors is the chairman of marvel entertainment uh just saying isaac per uh perlmutter is the um chairman of marvel entertainment he's donated in 2019 alone six hundred thousand dollars to trump's campaign but yeah, also ProPublica also reported that Perlmutter and two other Mar-a-Lago members were acting as, quote, shadow rulers of the Department of Veterans Affairs. So, um, first off, thumbs down to anybody being a shadow ruler of any kind of government agency <laughs> and not being, you know, confirmed or whatever by the Senate like you should be, but you know, whatever. Um, but I don't necessarily, like, it's silly to boycott a company because of even though this is the highest person at that company yeah. because of one person's opinion of whatever. Mm. So that's, so thumbs down kind of all around thumbs down for a potential boycott thumbs down for, Hey, let me give you $600,000 <laughs> Lydia. Yeah, I agree. Just thumbs down all around. Yeah. Tabitha. Although, oh, so although shadow ruler just does kind of sound like some like mystical being that shouldn't even like be in that sentence. Yeah. <laughs> It does sound very... Um, like you know, World like, of Warcraft or something. Yeah, World of Warcraft or just like in general, like bad guy, you know, whatever. Yeah. yeah. Anyway. Tabitha. Part one, how do I become a shadow ruler of literally anything? <laughs> <laughs> part two, if he's got an extra $600,000, he should be able to hire a better speechwriter. Uh, part three, I don't think you can fault someone for essentially what they're doing in their time off with their own money that they've garnered by their own business practice for doing anything. Um, also, can we talk about what uh, Peter Parker, Army Hammer, is turning into? He's just like back there stirring the pot. 
anything happens, and I'm just like, hey guys, did you forget about me? I was in a movie one time. Potter story. <laughs> so, thumbs down for just the whole thing. Matt. I just pretty much have to echo everybody's sentiments. Yeah, thumbs down for the whole thing. So, we've, speaking of Marvel, um, we've gotten some information about some of the M- uh, MCU TV shows that are going to show up on TV Disney+, Plus, uh, but Marvel Television, which, you know, like Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., Runaways, Cloak and Dagger, all, you know, like that mm-hmm. version of Marvel, um, they will also be represented on Disney+. Plus. So the head of Marvel Television, uh, Jeff Loeb, uh, said that Marvel Television is going to be doing shows on Disney+, Plus. we just haven't announced what we're going to do there, and then somebody... You know, asked, well, you know, when when are you going to? When will we hear about it? And then Loeb was just like, eh, when we're ready. <laughs> Sounds like Marvel. Yeah. So um, I'm giving this a thumb sideways. Uh, thumbs up to the idea of, well, no, still thumb sideways because, man, that's just going to be so much to watch. But, um, <laughs> but yeah, thumb sideways just on the idea of more content, but also like way to be vague and, you know, whatever. Uh, Lydia. Yeah, also thumb sideways because, yeah. Good that it's going to be on there, but could you be, like, more, like, enigmatic about it? Come on. <laughs> That's rude. Yeah, yeah, thumb sideways. They don't seem very excited, either that or they're just very ill-informed about what's happening in their own apartment, which also sounds like Marvel. That's true. So... <laughs> and Matt. I mean, they already have announced some shows that are coming to Disney+. Plus. So we've got Loki, we've got, uh, you know, Falcon and the Winter Soldier... But that's different. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, okay. Because yeah, because the MCU and Marvel Television mm-hmm. are essentially brothers in name only. I got gotcha. you. Bino. Uh, yeah, thumb sideways. <laughs> did you just make that up? He did. I just made it up. Uh, so, uh, oh, Lord. <laughs> Tabitha, let's uh, let's go to Star Wars. Uh, you're gonna need to be more specific because I got two of those. Oh, fair enough. <laughs> Uh, John Williams. Oh, okay. There we go. Um, we now know that the score for The Rise of Skywalker is 135 minutes long. That's so long. 135 minutes of John Williams. So is that the runtime of the movie then, too? I'm assuming not, because he says he's using every theme he has ever written for the saga. And as we know, like they play the, it, things repeat, yeah, that's obviously, because that's how scores work um and so it's at least going to be two hours and 15 minutes long at bare minimum because 135 minutes there's going to be new music and all the old stuff like this is basically going to be like a greatest hits volume one of john williams star wars <laughs> saga music i am down thumbs up man <laughs> uh definitely a huge thumbs up for this because that has been one of my favorite parts about whether you love or hate prequels you know, seven, eight, nine, the original trilogy, whatever. The inclusion of hints of those themes throughout everything that John Williams has done for Star Wars has been one of my favorite parts. To sit there in the theater and see something and hear remnants of an old theme coming through in the undertones or in the background, absolutely love that. So this is probably going to be the last thing that John Williams ever does. It's going to be phenomenal thumbs up all the way yeah i was originally going to give this a thumb sideways because um yeah i was thinking it's just reading over this i was like man this is probably going to be you know if it's not the last thing that john williams does period it's probably going to be the last time we hear john williams in a star wars movie mm-hmm. but if this means that we get to hear cantina song in oh. episode nine he said everything thumbs up <laughs> 
135 minutes. Good Lord. How much did you pay these like orchestra people? Because that's a lot, long time to sit and record music. <laughs> but I mean, John Williams is awesome. So thumbs up. My only question is, is there going to be any dialogue in this movie? Because that's a lot of music, y'all. It's going to be a space opera. <laughs> a musical space opera version of Star Wars? Yes. <laughs> that, I, if I had $600,000, that's what it would be going to. <laughs> Let's make more people on the internet angry. Doesn't yes. take much. No. <laughs> so, um, Greg Capullo announced that he has re-signed with DC um, and that he is also going to work with uh, Scott Snyder on what he's calling our, quote, our biggest adventure yet. Uh, thumbs up. Anything with those two, I mean, after their run with Batman, anything with those two, yes, yeah, sign me up, uh, even if it's Aquaman. Uh, Lydia. <laughs> yeah, sure. Thumbs up. Tabitha. Thumbs up. Matt. Absolutely. Thumbs up. That was the run that really sold me on Batman. Mm-hmm. Um, to close out gut reaction, Matt, let's talk about Lucky Charms. <laughs> so the best part of Lucky Charms has always been and always will be the marshmallows. Now, starting this month, you can get seven ounce bags of just the marshmallows all over the country in all sorts of stores for a dollar fifty. <laughs> this is not a limited time offer. They will they are coming from jet puffed marshmallows, all the classic shapes. So many thumbs up. I will eat an entire bowl of just the marshmallows and milk. <laughs> I am going to give this a thumb sideways because um Looking at the picture, it looks like they're actual marshmallows and not like the hard, crunchy, they get a little bit softer once you put them in milk marshmallows that come in the Lucky Charms box. That's what I want. I don't (laughs) want like puffy marshmallows that, let's be honest, they all taste the same anyway. So like, I yeah, I don't know. If it's that, thumbs down. If it's what I want, thumbs up. (laughs) I love that I can just buy a thing of Lucky Charms marshmallows, but I agree with you. They need to be the hard ones. But I just love how enthusiastic you are <laughs> over this bag of marshmallows. <laughs> thumbs up if I didn't say that. Yeah, uh, thumbs up for your enthusiasm yes. alone. Not to laugh. I'm impressed. It's rare that you get so emotive. <laughs> it's new for you. Um, took marshmallows. Right? Who knew? <laughs> Kid cereal. Sugar. Yes! <laughs> um... Huge thumbs up for this anyway. Like, uh, arguably the best part of Lucky Charms is not just the marshmallows, but the marshmallow milk at the mm. end. Oh, yeah. Where you could, like, drink the marshmallow with, like, sugar, yep. sugar milk, water, pesticides or something. I don't know. <laughs> but thumbs up. So we've got time for a couple more stories. Um, Tabitha, I want to talk about Movie Pass first. Oh, good. Did you guys know that Movie Pass is still around? Because I did not until I got an email. Um, <laughs> it's trying to die. It's, it's trying just, to not die. It's trying to not die again. By, um, with dubious ways. Yeah, by, and just the worst. These people are just the worst. Like, <laughs> this is like the fire Festival, like, oh. the world. I just, I can't, I can't with Movie Pass anymore. Um... They disabled the feature on their app where people could log in because people were canceling, and this way they couldn't cancel. (laughs) (laughs) That's so dirty and underhanded. They changed your password and didn't tell you, so you couldn't cancel without jumping through 30 hoops. Like, who's running this company, Dr. Evil? Like, I don't (laughs) understand. 
<laughs> so they've shut down again because, you know, now they've violated FCC regulations because you literally cannot do I that. I was going to say, like, how can you legally do you that? Can't. You can't. You cannot. So they shut down again. I didn't know they were still up, but I got an email saying they were coming back. So that's how I found out. Guess who's back? Uh, <laughs> back again. Shady's back. Like, hey, <laughs> like, who does this? Movie pass, apparently. <laughs> oh, my God. They're just they're just drowning, and they just they're like, look at me. Oh no, I'm just kidding. Like, <laughs> like somebody throws them a rope, and they're like, ah, and they and it's bad. I just I can't. I just want to know like how many people signed off on that idea. Like, oh yeah, that's a good idea. Let's let's change the password. I feel like it was one dude nobody. that was like, hit button. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. like nobody is gonna realize that mm. we changed their password. And also like. What do they change them to? <laughs> right. Password one. <laughs> <laughs> Password one, two, three, four. Exclamation point. <laughs> Joke's mark? on them. That was already my password. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, it probably was mine too. For everything. <laughs> just just kidding. And now I know how to get into literally everything Mitch owns. Yeah, yeah. Which isn't much. <laughs> it's, oh. Oh. it's not. Hack into that Twitter go, account. Yeah. <laughs> go, go ahead. Steal my identity. You're going to want to give it right. <laughs> oh, I'm so sorry. Do, do you want a hug? <laughs> we hear this random knock on the door. You're going to want this back. <laughs> I tried to steal some money from you, but like, you didn't have enough. So I'm going to give you what I stole and like, here, here's 20 bucks. Like, have some KFC on me. Uh, <laughs> Gross. <laughs> with your phone case. Oh. Uh, so, um, let's see. Let's see. All right. Do we want to talk about? And if we have time for both, we'll do both. But do we want to talk about a Darth Vader hot air balloon, or do we want to talk about uh, Prince Robot giving away TVs? <laughs> I mean, I, we have to talk about Prince Robot giving away TVs. We definitely do. Okay. Yeah. So let's start with that one. Um, so this is in a, uh, Virginia neighborhood where, um, this guy was caught on like one of those like doorbell, like camera things, mm-hmm. um, putting a TV just on, you know, on a front porch on the surface. Cool. Until you look at the TV and realize it's like an old box TV. <laughs> and then when you realize that the person who was doing it, I, there's a reason why I said Prince Robot, because the dude was wearing a TV on his, I'm assuming it's a he, he um, wearing a TV on his head. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so it's not the first time. Um, this for, These outdated boxes were found at more than 50 homes. Whoa! Yeah. This is also not the first time this has happened. This happened last August in a different neighborhood. <laughs> this guy's been busy. Yeah. So He's buying up all these TVs. That's a lot. Of- in the mainland. I gotta this guy needs a hobby. Like he has a better hobby. Um, so uh, home homeowner uh, Jim Brooks Brooksbank um, is calling this guy the TV Santa Claus. <laughs> nope. So um, he didn't come down the chimney. Right? I don't think the TV would fit. Yeah. Which one? Like the TV that he's carrying or the TV on his head? Either. <laughs> Could you imagine him, like, what's that sound? And you look and there's just some guy, like, dangling in your chimney by his head that's stuck in a TV. I'm just glad that um, 
once he decided to put a TV on his head, that he decided to do this and not like recreate scenes from Saga because <laughs> that'd be disturbing. That could be disturbing. That could be real quick. He could be arrested for public indecency. Oh, yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I just like that. the fact that when you posted this was right about the time I saw this story and immediately thought Prince Robot also. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's like how do you not <laughs> exactly? I mean, it would the only thing that would have made it better if he was in like. A jacket with tails. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> the the worst part about it though is like this this guy probably doesn't even know anything about Prince Robot. Probably not. Yeah. No, probably not. Someone mm. should inform him. Maybe he'll we get sh- some tails. Maybe we should mail him some tails. Ooh. Ooh. Yeah. You can sew. You can do that. I can't. I'll see what I can do. <laughs> <laughs> when you're not busy sec- being the secretary. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Um, you're already seamstress as well. Okay, great, cool. <laughs> I'm gonna need a pay raise, guys. Just so um, okay, I'll double your salary because you get paid nothing, but we'll also take away three shames. That sounds good. Even half three shames? I think I've got like seven of actually. Seven? Been, maybe not. Maybe not that many. Oh no, I lied. Are you only half three? <laughs> oh, okay. We'll, I, we'll I take away one shame. Like yeah. seven, but we'll take one shame from you. Yeah. But yeah, like. Seriously, like, how how do you come up with this idea? I don't know. No you idea. got really, really bored or really, really drunk or both. Or both. Mm. Most likely both. Yeah. yeah. Let's end tonight talking about Darth Vader. Well, England has had the Bristol Balloon Fiesta for the last 40 years, and this year Darth Vader paid a visit. All of a sudden, up in the sky, amongst all of the pretty... Super bright colored, cute little balloons was a Darth Vader head. Um, And of course, Mark (laughs) Hamill got a hold of it and tweeted about it and said, after a horrible, no good, terrible week, there's nothing quite like a giant floating Darth Vader balloon to distract from reality and raise your spirits. Hashtag thanks, dad. (laughs) (laughs) So, you have a reason to love Mark Hamill. Also, can you imagine what these people were like, oh, look at all the pretty, oh, what's that? And, like, people were tweeting about it. Like, he was like, it looks like Darth Vader's attacking the balloons. <laughs> the way he was facing. And just, this that, is incredible. That's no balloon. Are we done? Can we go home? <laughs> You're fine. I have a date. I do. I have a date. Oh, I got a good funnel cake. I'm sorry. Are you jealous of my funnel cake? No, bitch. I am. Oh, I don't know what to tell you. You live two seconds from the fair. Walk over there and get one. Um, it's not, okay, first off, walking over the fair is not going to be two seconds. Okay. It's probably, like, at least, like, a 30-minute walk. Then I have to pay to get into the fair to got, buy the funnel cake. Well, just pay someone at the door $3 to go get you a funnel cake, and then you save yourself $2. You think getting into the fair is $2? No, but it's $5. <laughs> and if you give them $3, you've now saved $2. Oh, I thought it was the $3 for the funnel cake. I'll make no. you a deal. <laughs> You drive me over there. You drop me off at the gate. I'll run in. I'll grab us some funnel cakes, and then you drive us back. Have you have you have you done traffic around the fairgrounds? Exactly. It's That's awful. why you're driving, and I'm going to get the funnel cakes. <laughs> For me, it's all about a corn dog and a lemon shake up. Anyway, don't say corn dog. Corn dog. Corn dog. Corn dog. Corn dog. <laughs> I got home. <laughs> there you go. You're going to the fair. Oh yeah. <laughs> the fair is her new home. I live there now, evidently. <laughs> Unlimited yeah. funnel cakes. You guys will need to roll me out of there. <laughs> You'll see her manning the uh, the game where you like you pick up a like a rubber duck. Oh my god, we were talking about that game at work today. What are the odds? <laughs> I hadn't thought about that game in years. 
<laughs> so you have to play it now. It's brought up in conversation twice in one day. I feel like I'm gonna have dream like nightmares about rubber ducks now. Rubber ducky. Don't stop it. <laughs> That's quackers. still there. Yes. Stop it. <laughs> She's going to quack up and it's going to be your fault. So that's... <laughs> what did I get one for? <laughs> You've all been blessed by the shame bell. <laughs> so, I don't feel blessed. <laughs> yeah, get used to it. <laughs> hey, I'm still below five. We're good. Yeah, so You're I. like, no. <laughs> <laughs> for the last two weeks. <laughs> Do you really want to know what you're at? Sure, why not? 37. I gotta get those numbers up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I figured you'd be like at least over over halfway to 100 by now. Yeah. So, alright, well that's all the time we have for this episode of Geek Awakens. Uh, we'll kind of be back next week, but in our real form in two weeks. Uh, but in the meantime, check us out on Facebook, Instagram, Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> you're using the wrong website, make sure. <laughs> <laughs> We're not on that social network. <laughs> I mean, will we? Can we be if it gives us more Patreon subscribers? If it gives us more money, sure. Why not? Instagram, YouTube, and Twitter, uh, where we'll be posting news and grabs throughout the week. Uh, while you're there, give us some feedback and tell us what cool stuff we're missing out on. From all Geek Awakens, thanks for listening, and we hope you'll be back. Everybody, say bye. 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 <laughs>